welcome independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind, shadow citizens. Shadow citizen will explore the shadows of an alternate reality. Your hosts, Rachel L. McIntosh. Okay, all right. All right, it's another week. We made it through another week. And this week, our guest, I'm really interested to speak with, is attorney Kurt Haskell. And the reason why I wanted to talk to him, well, let's talk about who he is first off. Attorney Kurt Haskell, um, he's going to talk with me about the widely televised and horrible thing at Charlottesville, Virginia, um, where a man drove a car into a crowd of angry protesters. Attorney Haskell has conducted the just – he's concluded that the event was staged and no one died. He's been researching this thing, honestly, since the day it started. I've been watching him on uh, Facebook going back and forth with these theories that he has. Um, now, for people that don't know who Attorney Haskell is, he's otherwise known as the underwear bomber witness. He was on board Northwest Airlines Flight 253, and that was the target of a failed Al-Qaeda t- bombing attempt on Christmas Day on December 25th in 2009. Meanwhile, because of that, he is keenly aware of the use of false flags, which are covert operations designed to deceive in such a way as to appear as though it is being carried out by entities, groups, or nations other than those who actually planned or executed it. Um, Kurt, I'm going to welcome you to the show right now. Thank you for being with us. No problem. Good to be back on, Rachel. Right on. So, hey, the reason why I wanted to talk to you, Kurt, is because just a couple weeks ago, there was a big rally in Boston about, um, I don't know if you heard heard about it, but there was this big rally in Boston, and I ended up talking to the organizer of it, Kurt Garrett Kirkland and Dr. Shiva Ayadure, and what that was, there was 45,000 people marching around in Boston to protest a free speech rally, which... I came to find out the people protesting were really protesting Charlottesville. They were uh, protesting um, hate speech. They were protesting the right-wing racist stuff that was going on. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because you are saying that Charlottesville was staged. Is he still with us? Uh Uh-oh. Um, so anyhow, for the people that are listening, it appears Kurt is not online at the moment. He'll be back, I hope. But he's been, Kurt has been relentlessly studying this Charlottesville thing. And when I overlaid Charlottesville with what was happening in Boston, I had to backtrack. And I wanted to know why those people were marching around Boston and looking at Charlottesville I've been sort of I I haven't been on it as much as Kurt has because he really believes that the whole thing is staged and that no one died, which is a huge claim to make. Anyhow, I did notice today that there's going to be concert for Charlottesville and the proceeds of the concert will go to the Charlottesville Fund and Dave Matthews is going to be playing at the concert. 
Ariana Grande is going to be playing at the concert. Um, Farrell Williams, Justin Timberlake. I noticed that Ariana Grande also played a um, at a concert for victims of something that uh, Kurt Haas claims was a uh, a false flag event. So that caught my eye, and I wanted to talk to him about that. Huh. Goodness gracious. But anyhow, I'm looking at, right now, I'm looking at New York Magazine, and it's the Daily Intelligencer, and it's an overview of what happened at uh, Charlottesville. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, there was a situation that occurred. The night before, there had been a rally to preserve the statues that I believe they're debating taking down the the statues from the Civil War, which down south is sometimes known as the War of Southern, uh, excuse me, the War of Northern Aggression. And these statues, of course, are honoring the the generals that won important battles in that war. Um, so the night before the Charlottesville thing, there was another Charlottesville thing where people were marching around with torches, tiki torches, and it was very reminiscent of the Nazis, to tell you the truth, um, when they did their marching around with tiki, like not tiki torches, but torches in the middle of the night and made a swastika shape and everything. They, these people at this rally in the United States didn't make a swastika shape, but they were marching around and they were, I guess, the newspaper, they're calling them white nationalists because they wanted to preserve the history of where they lived. Um, so the next day, I think this is how it happened. There were people organized to, to kind of protest that, like Black Lives Matter was there. And, you know, people uh, that were just anti this white nationalist rally. And apparently... They were allowed to literally jam up on each other in a very small alley. And there was, you know, obviously conflict was ensuing. People were dressed up in, from the pictures I saw, dressed up in reminiscent of neo-Nazi type of stuff. They had logos on there that I didn't understand. They had shields. They literally had shields on, like they were ready for some sort of physical confrontation. And then, and I'm, I'm going to say the Black Lives Matter people, but I don't even know if that's who it really was. These other people were there to fight them. Now, of course, there were police there, but it looked as if the police on the videos that I saw weren't really doing anything. They were just letting these people kind of mingle. And then this car came flying through and smacked people and killed somebody. In fact, they're on the newspapers, it said three dead and dozens injured after violent white nationals rally in Virginia. Um, so is Kurt back? Kurt, are you back? Hmm. Kurt's not. He, he keeps sliding in and out. Oh, no. Our guest is sliding in and out. Well, anyhow, so now we've got the newspaper. Everybody's going crazy about the three dead and the dozens injured after the violent white nationalist rally in Virginia. It comes to find out the governor had told the police to stand down. 
which means don't interfere with these this group that these two groups that are fighting with each other. And of course, every I think if you're listening to the show, you saw that it was pretty hectic. It was basically chaos was ensuing all over the darn place. Um, is Kurt back now? Kurt, hey, I'm back. But it oh, may only be, good. It may only be for a second. I need a call-in number on the telephone. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's see. Having let's some see. technical difficulties with Skype. Okay, call it. Call this number: two one eight three three nine eight five two five. Hang on one second. I'm gonna have okay. to grab it. Okay. Two one eight. Two one eight three three nine. Okay. Eight five two five. And listeners, if you're listening to this, if Kurt completely disappears and we can't get him, callers can call in. Otherwise, it's all about Kurt right now. We want to hear from him. So, do you want to talk right now, Kurt, or do you want to just call in? Um, I'm calling in. I want to see if it goes through. Okay. Okay, it should be ringing. Okay. Okay. For everybody listening, now I'm I'm bringing up my page here so I can get to him. And we okay, can all because I'm in, my line's muted, so I'm just going to switch the phone. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. No, you stay where you are. Okay. And I'm going to unmute you. All right, Kurt, can you hear me now? Yes, I'm here. Can Yay! you hear me? Yay, okay, great. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, all right, good. Excellent. All right, let's start this thing. So I am so <laughs> excited to talk to you because I was – I've been following the the thread of events that led up to the Boston rally where people were okay. 40,000 people were marching around Boston to protest a free speech rally. Um, right. And then it turned out that those people were marching in response to not so much for the little free speech rally that was going on, which was int- very interesting with their speakers. Um, they were protesting because the media had hyped up so badly or so enormously Charlottesville. And while Charlottesville was going on underneath the, the photos they were showing us the, on the ticker underneath, they were saying nine more rallies scheduled for next weekend. And of course that got everybody organized who was already organized via the women's rally march in Boston to band together and throw together a real quick march of 40,000 people. And so that's why I'm interested in what you're talking about, that you're saying Charlottesville was staged and that no one even died at the thing. That's right. Yeah, nobody died. It was a, it was a movie, basically. Okay, so take us through as if we're in a court of law. Like, give us the give us all the right, all right. And, because a lot of people, it's it's really hard to get. I it's hard to think about this that this is the world yeah. we're living in. You know, like so. T- take us through as if we're in court of law. Your background, you're a lawyer, so please. Okay. Sure. Use those skills to help people. Like, tell us when the date is, what the time okay. is, what's going on, and how, what, how that happened. All right. So, uh, you know, when when I first saw this, I thought there was an actual rack and people were actually hurt. And if you're following me on Facebook, you would have seen that from my early post on this. But, uh, you know, after a few days, it started to fall apart. You can always tell when somebody is lying when you look at the details because the details don't hold up, you know, and I use the same sort of tactic when I was an attorney. It's easy to tell a big lie, very easy. Anybody can do it. 
But when you start asking people or looking at the small details around the big lie, it starts to fall apart if the event's not truthful. And that's what we have here. Charlottesville on its surface looks real. You see videos. You see what looks like people getting hurt, getting hit by cars. Looks real. When we start looking at the details, not so much. It starts to fall apart. And actually, this one completely falls apart to the point where I can say today it's 100% fake. I'm 100% sure, and there's zero doubt in my mind. Anyway, so what got my suspicion, I had some suspicions early on. I still thought people were injured, but I started to see some things that raised red flags with me. One was the drone footage, okay? So we, we, we have a drone overhead, and it doesn't really show anything. It, the, the parts I want to see, the Challenger coming up, hitting, by the way, how it happened, how it happened for those not real familiar with it. Challenger comes down, a Dodge Challenger, drives down a road, uh, it, it sideswipes the Toyota Tundra, uh, and, and it rear ends uh, a Camry, and then the Camry is pushed into a Honda Odyssey minivan. So it's kind of a chain reaction. One, two, three, four cars involved. The, the Toyota Tundra is parked on the side of the road. So anyway, the drone footage, all we see is the the Honda Odyssey, which is in the front, moving ahead about 20 feet at a slow pace. And I, I see this, and I'm like, how strange that this drone was in the perfect spot where you don't see the Challenger at all. You don't see it, not even one bit. And not only that, but the Honda Odyssey, it does a slow roll ahead of about 20 feet. So looking at that, I can tell that the car was in neutral. If it was in park, it wouldn't have done the slow roll. It would have been more, um, it would have been, t it would have been tougher for it to move, let's say. This one looked very smooth. So, but I didn't know what to make of it yet. So that was, you know, that wasn't enough for me to call this fake. Yeah, not right. nearly enough. Because it's just a car rolling along. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe the driver got out for a second, you know, and let's car neutral. I don't know. You can explain that away. Anyway, uh, you know, and then I start looking at the the iconic picture that everybody's seen of the guy in red shoes flying in the air, you know, and I start asking, well, how could someone get this clear of a picture on an event they didn't know was going to happen? Just as it happens. I mean, it's so clear you can even see his cell phone uh, flying in the air. And we've never seen any video that it came from. So this was uh, a still shot that just happened to be this perfect and this clear. I didn't really believe it. But anyway, again, that's not enough proof. So, but as you look at it closer, there, there's a, a white guy flying in there too, not just that. African-American guy in red shoes. He's flying there. He's missing his left arm. It's photoshopped what? out of the picture. Wait, he's missing the his white left guy's arm left because... arm. Yeah. It's photoshopped right. out. It's a Photoshop error. Anyway, okay. so this picture is photoshopped. Anyway, oh, okay. also photoshopped into the picture is a picture of Heather Heyer's face. It's hard to see. It's under, uh, I think, the. it's under Ipshu guy's arm or... White guy missing left left arms, other arm. I've, I'd have to look at the picture. Anyway, it's under one of their arms, her face. Okay. All you can see uh, is her face. Heather, hi. Uh, you know, can you um, 
after the show, can you forward me the picture and I'll put a link to that to on when yeah, on this uh, it's the, website? It's just yeah. the iconic picture, the one that everybody's seen. You okay, just have okay. to look real close, but you have to All look right. real close. Okay. The, in that picture, the Toyota Tundra has a smashed side view mirror and a big uh, scrape on the door. Very clear. Anyway, we'll get to that later on. So I start looking for Heather Heyer, the person that died, the one fatality, supposedly. I start looking for her because we have this picture of her, just her face, in this picture that I know is Photoshop. I can't find her anywhere. I keep looking, I keep looking, I keep looking, and she's the one fatality. She should be obvious in all the videos. We should see her getting smacked hard, squished between the cars, something, you know? Flying there, hitting her head, I don't know, something, right? And the media's not even talking about it. They're not even talking about what caused her to die, where she was standing. They're not talking about any of that. And then they start talking about Heather Heyer being this woman that did a flip. You know, if you watch the videos of the crash, there's a woman in green shirt that does a flip. Uh, right. But, that, but that's not her either, because that woman uh, can be seen. She has gray hair. She's older, maybe... I don't know, in her 50s. Heather Heyer was only 32, and this woman that did the flip uh, survived. And she actually has a GoFundMe account. She says her name is Lisa, yada, yada, yada. So that's not her. So where is Heather Heyer? Where, where is she? We should be able to see her. So I keep looking. I keep looking. I keep looking. I, I, I'm reading article after article trying to find out where she's standing. How did she die? I can't find anything. It's bizarre to me. So I find this article from the U.K., uh, I think it was from the U.K. Daily Mail, and this is where I got my first break, okay? All right. Marissa Blair is interviewed. Marissa Blair was a co-worker of Heather Heyer. She went to the event together with Heather, and also Marcus Martin, Marissa Blair's boyfriend, went, the three of them. Mar uh, Marcus Martin is the guy with the red shoes that we see flying in the air. Anyway, we'll get back to him in a little bit. Uh, Marissa Blair is interviewed, and in this article, Marissa Blair says, Heather Heyer was walking a few feet in front of me when the accident happened. Okay, fine. So then we have, uh, in this article is a link to a live stream video that Marissa Blair took at the event. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to watch this. We'll see Heather Heyer. She's standing right behind Heather Heyer. So I watch it, and we do. We do see Heather Heyer for about four seconds. We see her. And we see that she's very large, very large, uh, maybe 250 pounds or more. I don't know. Very large. And she's wearing all black. And her pants don't have any pockets. It looks like almost a nylon type of stretch material or something like that. Anyway, that'll become important later on. So we know what she looks like now. She's wearing all black. Know her general size. We know where she was. Because four seconds into this live stream video is when the challenger hits, uh, starts hitting people. So mm -hmm. we don't actually see, we don't actually see the challenger in the video though. We don't see any, any cars. We see crash, we see people flying and injured and that's it. And then we see some footage later on that I'll get to in a few minutes. Anyway, so we know Heather Heyer is at the back of the Toyota Tundra when the wreck happens, according to Marissa Blair's live stream video. We know what clothing she wears. We know her general size. Okay. 
So then I start looking at all the crash videos because from the back of the, the Toyota Tundra to where the Camry is hit by the Challenger, hopefully everybody's following this, a little confusing, where the Challenger hits the Camry and ends the crash, the front, is about 30 or 40 feet. There are several videos that show this period of the Challenger driving this 30 or 40 feet. Not one of them has Heather higher hit, has her flying in there, has her traveling on the car, has her falling off the car, or anything. There's nothing. You know, we, we see Red Shoe Guy up in the air. We see the white guy with the tattoo flying, some other people. We don't see Heather Hart. She'd be very obvious. She's very large, wearing black. We don't see her. So that that in itself is impossible. But anyway, I keep looking for her, and I eventually find her. She's in the video that we see from the passenger side, uh, from the sidewalk and the passenger side of the Challenger, where we can see it drive ahead, crash into the Camry, and reverse out. And then everyone will remember this video because when the Challenger reverses out, we see the person get squished between the Challenger and the Toyota Tundra. So that video, we see Heather higher. She's not hit by the car, though. She's standing to the right of where the Challenger ends up, about four or five feet, and she fake falls and fake fakes like she's injured. She wasn't even hit by a car. She just lays there. The car reverses oh. out. She lays there. You're kidding me. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that one. So oh, yeah. basically, this is the only piece of evidence you were able to find of her even being, well, there's one of her, her friend with her. She was uh-huh. there because we have that. But then you saw this is yeah. the only one during the crash where you saw her, but it wasn't. Yes, and she's not hit by a car. Right. And she just and collapsed. Then, and just then collapsed. later, and then later, yes, just collapsed, not hit by anything. And then later we start seeing people supposedly doing CPR on her, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Anyway, so we're going to go back to the Mar- Marissa Blair live stream uh, again for a second. So. The Marissa Blair live stream starts off with four seconds, and then Heather Hires hit by the challenger, like I said a minute ago. Okay. At the end of the live stream, we see Heather Hire again. She's lying injured directly in front of the tundra, uh, maybe a couple feet in front of it near the sidewalk. Okay. Now, if you compare where she's laying in the Marissa Blair live stream to the, the video of the challenger reversing where it squishes the person, Marissa Blair is in a spot approximately 15 to 20 feet too far behind uh, in the Marissa Blair live stream video. She's also about five feet too far to the right, if you're following me along. She's in a completely different spot in the Marissa Blair live stream after the accident, immediately after the accident, as compared to where she was immediately after the accident in which we see the car reversing and squishing the person. Okay, so that, but she didn't, but did it squish anybody or did she just collapse or did it squish somebody else? Did she just uh, collapse? N- nobody, nobody was injured in this production at all, all except okay, for okay. maybe, except so, for maybe a few scratches on the knee or, or wrist or something very, very minor. All right. right. And so do you, did, which video do you think happened first? The one that she collapsed or the, her friend? Both of those the videos. Car? Both of those videos are from rehearsal. Okay. Both of them. Different. Probably two different takes. Oh. 
See, we know this because the videos from rehearsal show a damaged Toyota Tundra side view mirror and uh, driver's side door. The ones of the actual event on August 12th do not show any damage to the Toyota Tundra door or side view mirror. That's how you can distinguish, which was rehearsal, which was not. We know this because of the iconic photo that was photoshopped, which was taken uh, beforehand, obviously. You're not going to photoshop that later. It was out in the press within minutes of the event that was taken ahead of time, so which shows a damaged Toyota Tundra. So the Toyota Tundra was damaged in rehearsal because that shot was taken ahead of time and was photoshopped. Are you following, following along? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Okay. But- this means that all these so, people there, everybody in those pictures, were in on this whole game. I don't know if we can say everybody. Most, most everybody, though. Yes, right. They're actors. Okay. It gets worse, though. It gets worse. So I keep looking for more on Heather Heyer, and I find a blog post. The blog post is from a first responder, supposedly the first one who worked on Heather Heyer. Okay, and it's about a page long. I read it. It's it's a very propagandized article blaming police for Heather Heyer's death, yada, 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 whatever. The important part, though, is it shows a picture of Heather Heyer as she's getting CPR. The problem with the picture is it shows Heather Heyer wearing pants that have back pockets. And like I said a minute ago, the Marissa Blair live stream where we see the back of Heather because Marissa's only about four feet behind Heather and filming the live stream. We see that she, her back or I'm sorry, her pants do not have any back pockets. She's wearing a nylon type material. And in this picture, it's more of a denim type material with uh, back pockets in her pants. So mm-hmm. again, this is more evidence that we have more than one take. Uh, it appeared that, uh, you know, one day, uh, Heather Heyer maybe changed her pants because she, you know, part of her job was to lay down and fake injured. She probably got dirty when they came back the next day to do t- another take. She wore the same color pants, but different material, and they had pockets. All right, so you think this could actually have been two days' worth of work that these people did um, to create this event? Yeah, maybe more, maybe more, Jeez. or at least multiple takes, or at least multiple takes where they okay, had to okay. change clothes. It could have been the same day where she just got dirty in the, the first take because part of her job's to fake lay on the ground, and she changed between takes. That's possible, too. Now, the, we do see video of people supposedly giving her CPR, but according to some medical experts, no defibrillator was used, and the way they're doing CPR is wrong. I, I don't know. I can't really comment on that, but the important parts are what I already mentioned. She... You know, she's not where she should be in a couple of videos. We don't actually see her getting hit by a car. We can't account for how she got from the back of the Tundra to the back of the Camry. There's no blood. She wasn't hit by anything. Um, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, we don't, you know, and we have the media trying to say that she's this different person, the one that did the flip in the air wearing the green shirt, which she clearly was not. Media is was clearly hiding the appearance of her in the video where she fake falls because she's not hit by a car. They don't really want anyone to identify her there. So but Heather Heyer is just a small part of this, actually. There's much yeah, more fakery. I was going to say, there's because the newspaper, <laughs> the um, New York, uh, what was it, 
the New Yorker magazine said three people died and 14 people were injured. Yes. Two people that, two police that supposedly died in after crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, I haven't researched this a great deal, but they're from the helicopter crash. Well, first of all, all we see is a little fire of the helicopter crash. And the tail fin of the helicopter is kind of in a bush. That's all we see. We don't actually see the whole helicopter. And then we see two two people in flight suits walking away from the crash. One of them looks like uh, one of the officers that supposedly died in the crash. So I put I put both of their pictures in the in the site twins or not. Yeah. You know that site? Are you familiar? Okay. And it was a hundred percent match. A hundred percent. Which, the, the which you almost never see. The crash was the 100% match to the guy that was supposedly dead. Supposedly died. One of them, yes. Now, the other okay. one was not a match. The other one was not a match. But the other one looks very, very similar to one of the officers that was actually holding people back at the, the Charlotte accident site. I can't say if it was him or not because that man had on a hat, which didn't allow me to put his picture in Twins or not for a con- comparison. Mm-hmm. So... I can't say that, but do I need to say more if we have one of them that was alive? Yeah. Tell, pe- tell people more about that so. um, Twins or Not website. Just tell them what it is, Twins Twin, or Not. Okay. Twin, Twinsornot.net is the site I'd like to use if I wanted to, to compare two pictures to see if they're the same person. So you just you upload the two pictures, and they'll tell you what percent chance that it's the same person. So this one, you know, a bad match will be like, under 80%, I would say. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you put two pictures of me in there side by side, it will say 100%. It's a facial recognition site. So w- when I say I got a 100% match on this guy, that's the guy. I mean, it's pretty much certain that that's the guy. So we have this guy they're saying uh, died, but there are pictures of him after the crash walking away. The other one, not so sure, but, you know, if they're lying about one death, they're probably lying about both. Now, what I suspect happened there is the uh, Charlottesville police were having problems with their helicopter. It kept breaking down. So I, I suspect, I don't have proof on this, but I suspect the police department was promised a new helicopter for their participation in standing down in this event. And so they destroyed their other one knowing they were going to get a new one for their participation in this event. But that's just my kind of speculation as to what we have there mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there's even there's a there's even more exciting proof if you want to talk about it rachel yes i do we've got to show it to you this is awesome so yeah, we're, continue on because we're just, i really we're just scratching I, the surface yeah i know and I, like i said this to me is linked to the boston rally because a lot of those people uh-huh. in boston were so upset about charlottesville because it's been all over the news and so people made their signs right. about how they didn't like, you know, people being anti-Semitic or didn't, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, people were very riled up about it. And for it sure, out this other, blew out this other rally that was just trying to p- promote free speech in America. So this is why I'm following through on this. I wanted to step back even further than the Boston free speech rally to see what people were getting. Right. Basically, kind of the messaging they were getting. And when I saw your stuff on Facebook, I said, well, wait a minute. If this didn't even really happen, then what the heck is going on? Right. Okay. So let, let's take a step back. The, uh, yeah. The, this was an event 
which was a neo-Nazi type protest, right? They were there. And then we had the, the anti-protesters, if you will. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Charlottesville. The anti-protesters right. were mostly BLM and Antifa. Okay. okay. Uh, it's, it's on record that George Soros supports both BLM and Antifa. So we have him supporting those groups. So most likely these are all paid type protesters, similar to what we saw, uh, in the Baltimore protest and Ferguson, Missouri and the nonsense that went on at the University of Missouri where they ousted the president a couple of years ago. But anyway, those were all like paid BLM type people. On the other side, we have Jason Kessler, who set up the neo-Nazi, uh, neo-Nazi group. Um, Jason Kessler was a hardcore Democrat up until December 2016. Now, think of that. He was a hardcore Democrat with a black president in office, but we're supposed to believe he's a neo-Nazi. Um, he was also big in the Occupy Wall Street protest, you know, again, which was an, another big Democratic cause which had been infiltrated by members of the, the federal government at one point. So we had him, but now we're supposed to believe he is a hardcore neo-Nazi far-right person. Well, he didn't even form his group. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the name of it. Unite the Right, I think is the name of it. He didn't even form that till December last year. Now all of a sudden he's doing this major, major protest in Charlottesville. So it's very, very questionable who is actually funding him also. So mm-hmm. I, I would suspect it's probably the same people that were funding the BLM and Antifa, which is George Soros type people. These sort of globalist people, New World Lord or whatever you want to call them. That's his group. He's the front man. Anyway, then we have the supposed driver, James Alex Fields, who's just some kid from Ohio supposedly, drives down in a Challenger with blacked-out windows that are illegal in Ohio. You couldn't even get a couple miles in Ohio without getting pulled over with a car like that. Trust me, I used to live on the border of Ohio. Yet, we're supposed to believe he drove all the way to Virginia with this car. And the Fields wasn't even a member of these neo-Nazi groups. He just shows up, already has the uniform and everything. And Fields just uh, so happens to be Jewish. So now we have, not only do we have Kessler, who was supporting a black president, turns into neo-Nazi. Now we have a Jewish kid who is the supposed neo-Nazi that drives into the BLM people. Kind of hard to believe. Mm -hmm. Fields' car does not even match the one in the crash. The car that... Fields had, which is on his Facebook page, had a black stripe down the hood, and the car. Right, the yeah, I saw that picture. Did not, a... did not have that. Also, uh, the there's one grainy shot of the driver of the Challenger, and it, it looks similar to Fields, but it doesn't really look like him. So I, I don't really think it was Fields. And the driving we see from the Challenger is more of a stunt man. You know, somebody trained how they drove really fast in reverse, you know, a few blocks down the road. Most people couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's not the driving we'd see of a 20-year-old kid that Fields is. And then we see a, an interview of Fields' mom in Ohio who 
that she doesn't know anything about the incident. And it's a very suspicious interview because when they tell her, you know, that her son just killed someone, she continues the interview. She's not really upset or anything. You know, I would think a, a parent would immediately end the interview there and, and say, you know, I got to go or whatever. But she doesn't. She's not crying. Nothing. It's very, very suspicious. Now, that's the woman anyway. that's in a wheelchair or something in a garage next to a car that has a very similar license plate to the license plate that was on the car that did the crash. Right, right. I, I don't know what the significance of the plates are. Uh, Fields' car was GVF1111, and his mother was GVF1122. I don't know if there is any significance, but it's strange to me that they did the interview in the garage at all. You know, why didn't they go inside to her kitchen or whatever and do it? Yeah, because I was thinking about her being in a wheelchair. And they had the door to the car, the driver's side door to the car. So I was thinking, did she drive that car? Like, did she drag herself out, put the wheelchair together? Why is the car door open? It's that to me seemed unusual because I have I have MS. My some of my friends have MS, and dragging a, a I don't I don't have a wheelchair, but some of my friends do, and dragging a wheelchair out and setting it up is a kind of a big deal, and. Mm-hmm. Now they're just got, like talking to her. Like it seemed very, just very strange that they would catch her right at that moment, and she'd be like, oh, "Okay, let me talk about my son being." Like it just seemed right. very strange. Yes, and why did they show her license plate? Why wasn't it uh, blacked out? Very yeah. strange. It's almost like they're trying to give you something to talk about with it. I don't know. This is very weird. Not not very believable at all. So, you know, so we have this strange kid they're blaming it on. His car doesn't match. You know, the windows are dark, and his mother seems like she's acting. He's Jewish. And then, the you know, this uh, the one setting up the event was a hardcore Democrat supporting a black president. Now he's a neo-Nazi. And then we have the anti-protesters paid for by George Soros. So it's really just a mess. None of these people are they're representing what they claim to be. None of them are who they say they are. But, you know, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. That at first that's all I thought it was. Till I you know, till I started digging deeper and started realizing, no, it's it's much worse. It's actually a Hollywood production. So uh then we have the crash, of course. We have there are several videos that were actually there the day that it happened, not at rehearsal, because in those videos we see the black tundra is not damaged as compared to the ones in rehearsal where it's damaged. Okay. Now, Faith Goldie shot one of the videos, and hers is suspicious because, first of all, about three seconds before the crash, she says, here we go, and then her video switches to a different angle. And then three seconds later, there's a crash, and she's screaming about how badly people are injured. Very suspicious. Then we have another guy. Uh, I can't think of what his name is, but he's in the video that says, right after the crash, did you see what that Nazi just did? He just ran his car into all those people. Like he's already blaming it on a Nazi and making an intentional act, which is very suspicious because at the time of the crash, you didn't know 
if it, the crash was intentional, who did it, or anything like that. It was almost like pre-planned dialogue. Mm-hmm. Then there's another cell phone video, and I don't know who shot it, but it's a girl. And she walks around amongst all the injured saying how badly they're hurt and how there's blood all over the place. And, of course, there was no blood. There were, the only blood at the whole event was four drops on the windshield of the Toyota Camry where the woman doing the flip landed. That's it, four drops. So she's lying there. And then we have another video from Ford Fisher, and Ford Fisher walks around all the injured, constantly emphasizing how one woman's dying. I mean, like, overacting. When I first saw it, I'm like, this is ridiculous. He's way, way overacting and overemphasizes this woman's dying, which now we know nobody died. So we have all these people who I think were all in on it, all planted there in their positions so they wouldn't actually catch anything important on film. And they all have their designated lines and things they're supposed to talk about. Now, Ford Fisher actually did a live stream that was 57 minutes long, which is interesting in itself, this, this live stream. Ford Fisher is seen in his live stream. He's parking his vehicle, getting out, walking down the road, and he's walking on the sidewalk, and to his left comes the Dodge Challenger, the one that's going to be involved in a wreck a few minutes later. And he kind of turns his video to the left to make sure he gets it on video. Then he goes up another block, and he walks directly in front of the red Honda Odyssey van that's already in the intersection five mm-hmm. minutes before it's going to get hit, five minutes before. This is the one that I already said was in neutral because of how it rolled after it got hit in in the crash. So it's already in place. Five minutes ahead, Fort Fisher catches that on video. Then Fort Fisher walks up a couple blocks and goes left a block, and he stops at a at a bank and gets a drink. We're I think about six minutes into his video. He says he's tired and needs a rest. We're only six minutes in the video, and he sits for three minutes. And at the end of this three minutes, the Dodge Challenger can be seen a block away, reversing out. Immediately after that, Fort Fisher says, okay, let's go. And then people start running by him, saying there's an accident. And then Fort Fisher gets to the scene where I already said he was overacting about a woman dying. So it would be logical to conclude, possibly, this was a live stream where anyone could have watched it, that maybe... Fort Fisher was on some sort of reconnaissance mission to show people the position where everyone was because this so event had to be timed perfectly. So it's logical to think that someone would be needed to coordinate the positions of everyone. That's what I see out of the Fort Fisher live stream. I don't know if I'm right, but I think that's what it was. And he waited at this bank for three minutes, waiting for the signal, being the challenger to reverse out. Then he said, let's go. So, and then we have the red van, of course, which is there five minutes early, sitting in neutral, blocking the just, intersection. Just sitting there. Yeah, th- those cars were, like, just sitting, sitting there. there. Right. Okay. So we'll get, to, we'll get to that in a second. There's so All much right. to this, Rachel. I could go on and on. <laughs> I know. I mean, keep going because I've, I've just caught 
bits on your Facebook page where you've just been putting right. up every other day. And I'm like, man, these, this guy's really into this. He's really diving into this. Yeah. Yeah. My wife says I'm, I was into it too much and I kept telling her, look, I'm done with it. But every time I thought I was done with it, I'd find something else. And I'd be like, boy, I have to look into this now. This couldn't stop. How does that like feel nine, for you, though? Like is researching nine like, eleven or Sandy Hook or something. Yeah, is it frustrating <laughs> for you, or is it is it exciting? No, for you? I. It's like uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like a, a gotcha, kind of like a gotcha moment. Ha ha! I gotcha this time. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't always we don't always have the gotcha evidence in these fake events, but this one we do. We have lots of it. Interesting. So. Yeah. So anyway, so back to Fort Fisher, and I don't mean to pick on him exactly, but he is part of this, so I'm going to mention him. So he sees the Challenger reverse out, okay, in his video, and then that's his cue to go to the accident scene. He wouldn't have seen the accident from where he was at because it was, I think, two blocks away and one block to the left. Anyway. When the Challenger reverses out in Ford Fisher's video, it was one minute, 35 seconds after it had driven the other way on, uh, into the, the back of the Camry and onto that block. Well, the Challenger was only supposedly on that block for 20 seconds, 10 minutes into the crash, or I'm sorry, 10 seconds into the crash, into the Camry, 10 seconds reversing out. Yeah, we have on video from Ford Fisher that it was actually there one minute, 35 seconds on this block. So where was it? It wasn't driving that whole time. We have the red hot, uh, Honda Odyssey van blocking the road. Uh, it wasn't driving at a high rate of speed, right? It was there too long. It had to have stopped because we have a minute, 15 seconds where this... Dodge Challenger is in the crash block too long. So it had to have been parked there. So I thought about this, and I thought about it, and I thought about it some more, and I finally realized that the most logical place for it to be parked to hide what was happening and the reason for the Toyota Tundra to be parked on the side of the road there was because the Challenger was meant to park next to the Toyota Tundra blocking the view of the Challenger from people on the sidewalk on the passenger side of the Toyota, Toyota Tundra. Mm-hmm. So what happened, and we remember the only, the only videos we see that day are people on the driver's side of the Challenger up near the Camry and one person on the passenger side of the Challenger, but they're behind the Tundra. There's nobody... Uh, next to the Tundra on its driver's side, that that shooting video, none. And we can't, we don't have, we don't have any video of that, none. So then I looked at the the video I mentioned a few minutes ago, where we have the car hitting the camera and reversing out and squishing the person, the squish person video, if you want to call it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that video is taken from the passenger side of the Tundra uh, on the sidewalk. They show, the video starts about 10 seconds before the crash and shows the road behind the tundra. You get a pretty good view, and it's full of people 
What we don't see is the challenger. We should see the challenger approaching the tundra because it crashes a few seconds later. We don't see it at all. It's not there, period. And not only is it not there, the road is full of people. There's one guy specifically wearing a white baseball hat who's standing in the middle of the road behind the tundra, walking down the road the whole 10 seconds. And at one point he looks behind him, and I suspect he's looking at the Dodge Challenger, which had been parked next to the Toyota Tundra already. So why why was the Challenger parked behind the Tundra the day of the event? Well, the question, or the answer is for people to jump on it to drive the 30 or 40 feet into the back of the Toyota Camry to simulate a high-speed crash. It was actually a very low-speed crash and fall off the car to the right side. They all fell off the car to the right side where there was no one to take a video. Remember, the only video we have of that side is the, the squish video, which I already said was shot in rehearsal because we have the damaged Toyota Tundra in that video. So we don't have any real video of these people falling off except that video shot in rehearsal. They all fall off to that side where they're hidden from the cameras on the other side. Are you following all this? Yeah, I am. <laughs> or am I very confusing? You're doing so much research on this, and this is just based uh-huh. on video and photographic evidence that just is open yeah. source. And you're doing so much yeah. research on this. Has anybody in the Charlottesville police or any of the people that are claiming to be injured, are they are they researching to this extent? Or are the police interested in anything that you might have to say, do you think? Because if they're not, no, I don't. I don't. No, I think they're completely in a. They're all part of it. Yeah, the police actually released released a police report saying, "Remember the red Honda Odyssey van that was parked five minutes early in neutral." Well, when it was parked five minutes early, there are no people around it yet. The protesters hadn't gone there yet, and the police report says they actually stopped in that position because they couldn't pass because they were surrounded by protesters. So that's what the police report said. It's actual garbage and a lie. The, the video contradicts it. So, so anyway, so what they did is the Challenger parked behind the Tundra. Some people jumped on it. They drove 30 or 40 feet uh, into the Camry, and the, the Challenger and the Camry were rigged to, to show more damage than actually happened the trunk and the front bumper of the the trunk of the Camry, the front bumper, the Challenger, were rigged to show more. This line is now muted. This line is now unmuted. 20 miles an hour with stump people on top of the Challenger. Now, if you don't believe that even, you there is a video. It might, it might be Face Goldie's video, but it's shot from the, the driver's side of the Camry, day of the event. And if you watch the two seconds, two or three seconds before the crash, you'll see the camera is already moving forward and pushing the Honda Odyssey van, and they haven't been hit yet. So it was a timing error. They're bumper to bumper pushing. It's the Camry's pushing the Odyssey van. So it was it was it was a filming error. They they did that two three two or three seconds too soon. They hadn't been hit yet. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm still blown away by the whole police aspect of this whole thing. Um, <laughs> I, 
And the police, of I, course, were in on the, the fake helicopter crash, and then they, they did a couple uh, real quick, low-key police funerals, which if you know like how police funerals go, they're always huge events with parades and you know big speeches, but they're all really quick and low-key. The, the two that supposedly died. They're, they're definitely yeah, in they, on they, it. They, they do the flags at half-mast and everything else. It's yes. a big thing. They were told to stand down by the mayor, you know, who was in on it because of uh, being told by the governor, uh, McAuliffe, who was in on it, who was very high up in the, the Democratic Party, and, and I'm, I'm sure t- tied to Soros. And it, they, they stood down. So, oh, you know, man. They stood down All right, you know, we're going to come back at the end of this break. And we're going to figure this out, I hope. So everybody hang with us. We'll be back after this break. Okay, we're back in our second hour right now um, with Kurt Haskell. And Kurt Haskell has been researching the event at Charlottesville. And it was televised to everybody in the United States and the world over and it was basically a huge tragedy where a man drove a car into a crowd of angry protesters. Kurt Haskell, the past hour, he just went over with us how he went through all this photographic and film imagery and realized that the whole event had been staged and no one had died. Now, Kurt, you're still with us, correct? I'm still here, yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. All right, good. While you were, <laughs> when we were trying to hook up the beginning of the last hour, I kind of went over uh-huh. something that like clicked for me. There's a concert going on. There's, of course, a concert for um, Charlottesville Fund. And Dave Matthews okay. is throwing it, and Ariana Grande is in it. And Justin <laughs> Timberlake. It's a, yeah, it's a benefit. And these names kind of jumped Grande. out to me because... Dave Matthews was right there for a benefit for um remember Standing Rock? He did a big uh-huh. he yep. did a big uh, benefit for that. And of course Ariana Grande did a big benefit for the the victims at one of her concerts in the UK. Uh-huh. Um so those two right. things kind of stuck out to me and I was like, well this is kind of very typical when these very yeah, very public things happen, like uh, that club down in Florida, um, the Pulse nightclub. They start doing concerts yes. and benefits, and there's GoFundMe campaigns. Are is there any sort of funding, sort of stuff that's starting to crop up around uh, Charlottesville right now that you know of? Well, a lot of them have GoFundMe accounts for yeah. sure, and mm-hmm. uh, the the guy in the red shoes I know has raised over a quarter million dollars, and. I, and in a second, I want to talk about uh, how he's fake. But anyway, um, yeah, a lot of them have GoFundMe accounts. Drivers of the Camry have GoFundMe accounts. They've also filed a, a big lawsuit, and I want to talk about that in a minute, too, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is garbage, if you ask me. But anyway, the it's funny you mention Ariana Grande because I was laughing when you mentioned Ariana Grande because... Ariana Grande was the main participant in another fake event, the bombing of her concert in Manchester, England from earlier this year, which was another completely fake event. 
I don't want to get off on topic too much, but that's why I was kind of laughing when you mentioned Ariana Grande. She's one of the the people that's in, I guess, regularly on these hoaxes now. Um, so anyway, yeah, connection there. I'm blown yeah. away by the police situation. That's the number one thing I'm yeah. upset about, and we'll talk about that as we get closer to the end. I want to hear where you where you wanted to pick up. So you said the guy with the red okay. shoe, and you had a whole list of things. Yeah, there's a about. few more, few more interesting things I I haven't mentioned yet. So yeah, let's hear. Them. I want to go back to I want to go back to the red Honda Odyssey van. Remember okay. that parked in at, at the front of the intersection. It's there five minutes before. It's in neutral. Is how it moved. It's being pushed by the Camry before three seconds before the accident. And we actually have a video of the person that drove it there. Hmm. And it's an, it's an African-American woman. She's caught five minutes before. She's taking some sort of video of the, on the sidewalk while she's sitting in the driver's seat. But anyway, she has a big tattoo on her uh, upper left arm wearing a black shirt. So we don't know her name, but we see her again. Two seconds before the Challenger crashes into the Camry, which then pushes into the Odyssey van that she put there in neutral she's standing directly in the middle of the hood of her honda odyssey van and two seconds before in front of the the hood not on it and two seconds before the crash she raises up her cell phone above the roof of the honda odyssey van pointing in the direction of the challenger to get it on to get the crash on video the crash happens and then she's hit by her own van now the I don't know what the odds of that would be of her miraculously getting this crash on video of her getting run over by a car she by just her, left there in neutral. Yeah, her, uh, by astronomical. Yeah, that's by her own car. Yeah, astronomical. I'm sure. So, but it's it's actually worse because she's not the owner of the Honda Odyssey. The owner is a man named Johnny Chandler, who's a reverend in Charlottesville, and Johnny Chandler happened to be standing next to the Honda Odyssey van on the sidewalk at the time of the crash, and he was also taking video of the crash. So <laughs> it just gets more ridiculous by the minute. The so story. the guy who owns the car is videotaping uh-huh. his car getting crashed. Uh-huh. Okay. Right, and right. so is the driver. He's he's on the, the, the driver's side on the sidewalk. And the driver is directly in front of it and then gets hit by it, where I'm sure she's going to file a big lawsuit. Anyway, totally unbelievable. So the, the, uh, the drivers of the Camry, which was the car actually hit by the Challenger, then which pushes into the Honda Odyssey van, those passengers were two sisters named Washington. Uh, Micah Washington and Tadrinda Washington. I went on their Facebook pages, and both of them talk about how they were, were just shaken up and not hurt in the accident at all. You know, they post the same day anyway. And they're very religious, apparently. And I suspect, I don't know this, but I suspect they're probably tied to Johnny Chandler's church, but I don't know this for a fact. Anyway. Wait, who, who's that guy? Who's Johnny Chandler? Johnny Chandler is the owner of the Honda Odyssey van that the, the Camry hit. Oh, and the he has a van. church? Yes, in Charlottesville. Okay. 
So he was the one on the sidewalk videotaping the crash into his own vehicle at the exact moment it happened. So what, what these are religious. Of, I, I'm sorry. What, what type of yeah? What type of church is it? What what type of denomination is that? I, I'm not really sure. It's called All Souls in Charlottesville. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure what denomination it is. I don't know. But the, okay. the two people of the white car, the Camry, are very religious. So I would bet. I don't know this for a fact, but I would bet they're tied to Johnny Chandler's church. All right. Logically thinking, but I don't know this for a fact. Anyway, these sisters, despite posting on their Facebook page that they're pretty much uninjured, have now filed a $3.5 million lawsuit against all these different neo-Nazi groups, Jason Kessler, David Duke, uh James Fields, the driver, et cetera, et cetera, despite not really having any injuries, which is outrageous in itself. But the interesting part of this is, uh, well, later on, they they went back on their Facebook page like a week later and then started claiming they had injuries. One claimed she had a broken leg and, I don't know, one a brain injury or something. So they came up with all these injuries after the fact. Anyway. The interesting part is they hired the Miller Law Firm to represent them in this case. Okay, so the Miller Law Firm doesn't specialize in personal injury work. So, what is, you what know, are they me, me being for? a lawyer, bankruptcy. Oh, specialize in bankruptcy. Right. So, you know, me being a lawyer, I, you know, if this case came to me, I would say I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't take the high-dollar, high-profile case in an area that I don't specialize in. Also, the clients would not want to hire me because it's not my area of expertise. They would go hire, you know, some big-wig personal injury lawyer to take this case. But it gets worse. The Miller Law Firm is where Heather Heyer worked, the girl who died and, and supposedly died in the wreck. It's uh-huh. worse than that, even. It's it's even worse. Mar- Marissa Blair also works there. The girl that d- took the live stream video, she was good friends with Heather Heyer, and it's even worse than that. Marissa Blair's boyfriend is the red shoe guy, Marcus Martin. <laughs> so, all right, so we've got quite the little <laughs> community. It's like a community theater yeah. group or something. Yeah. Okay, so. I'm going to speculate here, and I don't have any proof on this. This is just, I'm throwing out a possibility. The, the Miller Law Firm, I would say it's possible that maybe they handled the contracts for the people to be involved in this movie, offered a couple of their own employees, and their compensation would be disguised through a fake lawsuit of sorts, handed to them by other participants of that event, namely the Washington Sisters, where if they win this case, they're going to be awarded a million dollars. They're suing organizations, some of them, funded by George Soros, so it would logically be possible for George Soros to make the payout to people, other people he hired, being the law firm, to participate in this event. Yeah, the one link that I'm having problems putting together, though, is the connection directly to George Soros. Oh, well, he's well known to fund Black Lives Matter. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any dispute of that. 
Also, okay. Antifa, after the, the Berkeley protests earlier this year, the protesters from that rally uh, got angry and protested to George Soros that he hadn't paid them as much as they were promised to be paid. So that ties, oh, wow. that ties Soros to also funding Antifa. Now, his okay. connection to the neo-Nazis is a little harder to prove, except that, you know, the, the person putting on the event was very much involved in the Democratic Party. So I think it's logical to assume that he probably funded both sides in this one, although I can't prove that he funded yeah. the protesters. Yeah. Anyway. Did you happen did you happen to hear about that? I think his name is Patrick Charles or Charles Patrick, an African American guy who does like a he sits and he does his Skype thing or he, he records himself talking about different issues and he said that a friend of his was there and she saw all these buses come up and all the participants. Uh, yeah. This. You did you hear that? He said they all came out yeah. on the same buses. It goes yeah, it goes along with what I've been saying today and makes perfect sense, that they're all paid, that they don't really go to these events because it's some strong conviction they have. They're just different paid people playing their parts. I, I completely believe it. And he said they were there, I think, a week early. And that goes in perfectly with what I've been saying. They did multiple takes during the week until the real event. Yeah, and it, he interviewed this exactly woman, woman what that, that was there, and she was explaining how she explained what the buses looked like and she said that she was in the like a cafe or something with some um, older man who was there with his grandchildren and he was trying to protect them from this chaos that kind of broke out so there was from that it sounded like something really did happen meaning like People, mm -hmm. other people that weren't involved were sitting in the sidelines and watching it and being like devastated by the whole thing. But this woman said all these participants got off the same bus, the same, the same style of bus. They were all gray and. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely believe that. That goes along exactly with what my research is completely. Do you think, do you think that has to do with Craigslist had that, um, ad for crisis actors? Not for Charlotte, mm -hmm. North Carolina, because that came out like yeah. literally very closely. Is that related? Because sometimes what they do is they take the names that sound familiar and like overlap mm -hmm. it. Or was that, do you think that was some sort of like to, to mess up the researchers? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, okay. I would say they're, these are crisis actors. I'm certain of it, but whether mm -hmm. they're, they're tied to the ad, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain that both sides were paid by Soros, and that goes along with what I was saying, that they're on the same buses, sure, because they, they don't have any animosity towards each other because they're just paid to be there and act. And this would so, be for the guy who was driving the, um, the the not the truck, the Dodge Charger, Challenger? Yeah, Challenger, yeah. So, yeah, he was, I mean, he was, if other he was people part are of the same people, then... I would think. I mean, we have other stunt people there. It's most most likely he's a stunt person too. With the way he's able to drive that Challenger in reverse, most normal people couldn't drive like that. How he did, right? And didn't then then news stories started coming out that he had either bipolar or some psychiatric problem Not, or yeah. some sort of yeah. And that's then, just all garbage. And then yeah, and then they said that the guy that had tried to bomb 
I believe it was the Oklahoma City, some bank in the whole Oklahoma City. They kind of tied it into that. It was like a day before this one happened. The news was trying to talk about people. That yeah, ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about the red shoe guy a little bit, Marcus Yeah, Martin. yeah, please do. Let's do that. Okay. So... You know, we have the iconic photo of him flying in the air, getting hit by the tundra. But I've already talked about how uh, that was shot in rehearsal. And we see, we see him in the, the squished video, the reversing then squished video, um, falling off. We see him behind the tundra, kind of up in the air, and then falling off uh, the the Challenger as it goes by. So... But that goes along with what I was saying, that the Challenger was actually parked behind the Tundra, so he could have been just sitting or standing on top of of the Challenger, and we wouldn't know any difference. And when, when the car takes off, we see him flying, we assume he got hit. But really, he was just already on top of it. Anyway, so that kind of photo is Photoshop. We already talked about that, and he's the main guy in it. Okay, that's fine. Now, in the... He is the boyfriend of Marissa Blair, who filmed the live stream I talked about a few minutes ago, uh, where we see Heather Heyer. Anyway, he's, all, he's, he's also in that live stream. Now, what's interesting is in the Marissa Blair live stream, uh, Marcus Martin is a very muscular guy, and he also doesn't have a tattoo on his wrist. But when we see Marcus Martin the next day after the crash... He has a tattoo on his right wrist, and he's a very skinny guy. That's not the same guy. So the guy in the, the Marissa Blair live stream video was a stuntman, which makes sense because, like I said, that one was shows the damaged tundra, which indicates it was shot at rehearsal. So so he had a stuntman, and by the way, the, the, when he appears the next day, uh, I think he's on, he does an interview for CBS, he appears with about 10 other people. They all have purple shirts on with a picture of Heather Heyer and a slogan on top. This was a Sunday. So, you know, what were they doing? Calling t-shirt shops late on a Saturday asking for a rush of like 10 t-shirts with a picture of Heather Heyer and a slogan on them? I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, he, he now has a right wrist tattoo. He's skinnier. He has a broken left leg that... Marissa Blair leans on in the interview, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it's not the same guy. Okay, anyway. So now we'll go back to the, the squished video. See, what happens is he flies. You see him flying in the air. The, he hits the ground. Uh, he breaks his, his left leg in three places. And... Within eight seconds of him getting hit the first time, the challenger reverses and is back in the same place where Marcus Martin was originally hit. So he only had eight seconds to get out of the road. He didn't know the car was going to reverse, though. Nobody did, supposedly. He just got hit. The official story is the car was going around 40 miles an hour. He got hit by a car going 40. There's no blood on the car. He flies up in the air. He breaks his left leg in three spots. He j within eight seconds... He gathers himself, jumps up, and sits on the, the hood of the Toyota Tundra, which 
is next to where he got hit. And then he moves all the way around to the other side of the hood of the Tundra. As the Challenger reverses back out eight seconds later, he jumps off the hood of the Tundra. So, you know, all this happens within eight seconds. He's hit by a car going 40, flies up in the air, breaks his leg in three spots, jumps on the hood of the, the Tundra, moves to the other side of it, and then jumps off. It's not believable. It's ridiculous, but that's what we see on video. But we don't see a, a clear stream of that. We see bits and pieces that we can put together. So, uh, and then, you know, he's seen in, in different positions, standing with broken legs, supposedly not laying on the ground, what have you. What makes it even more in- interesting, though, is when we compare the, the squished video to the Marissa Blair live stream. So, Marissa Blair is uh, his girlfriend. So, the story goes, when the car was coming... Marcus Martin pushed Marissa Blair to the side behind the tundra so she wouldn't get hit. And in the Marissa Blair live stream, that's where she starts taking video from. She's at the back bumper of the Toyota Tundra. Okay. Now, remember what I just told you about Marcus Martin. He got hit next to the tundra on the driver's side and immediately got on the hood of the tundra. And within eight seconds of the crash, he was already jumping off the hood of the tundra, but now on the passenger side. So anyway. So I compared the squished video to the Marissa Blair live stream. Eight seconds later, the Challenger reverses out and sideswipes the Tundra. We should hear a thud. We don't. Remember, this is, this is where we see the person getting squished between the Challenger and the, the Tundra uh, and the squish video. Eight seconds. I looked at the Marissa Blair video. There's no thud. She's standing at the back bumper of the Tundra. She should clearly hear it. It should clearly be on her video. It's not. We hear it four seconds after that. So their timing was off four seconds, which is impossible to explain away. By that point, the Challenger was way down, you know, a block away in Mm -hmm. in reverse. So, but it's even worse. The Marissa Blair starts calling for Marcus about two seconds after the crash. Marcus, screaming his name. You can hear Marcus. Remember, Marcus is only 10 feet away. She's at at the back bumper of the tundra uh, at the edge of the sidewalk. He's on the hood. She keeps screaming his name, screaming, screaming. At at the eight-second mark, remember, Marcus jumps off the hood of the tundra onto the sidewalk by the passenger side. At this very moment, Marissa Blair turns her live stream to face the the front side of the tundra. She's near the back bumper on the sidewalk. So he's jumping off the front of the, the hood of the tundra. At the same moment, she's screaming his name and is videoing in his direction. He's 10 feet ahead. She doesn't see him. He doesn't answer her calls for him. For about... 30 or 40 more seconds, we see her walking around the, ro- the road screaming his name, and he never answers. It's complete garbage, complete garbage. As a matter of fact, we, don't, we never see the, the, the Challenger reversing back in the Marissa Blair live stream, even though she's standing at the rear bumper of the Tundra. And two shots uh, in her video are at a time when we should see the Challenger. If I, I slowed it down, and I timed it to the squished video. 
And not only do we not see the challenger reversing out, the road's full of people. Full of people not looking at a car that's about to hit them. So there was no car reversing out at that time. So the conclusion is is that these two, I already made this conclusion, but these two videos were shot at different times. The Squish video and the Marissa Blair live stream. Mm-hmm. Also, in the Squish video, the one person gets squished between the Challenger and the Tundra, and then they fall at the back bumper of the Toyota Tundra. But in the Marissa Blair live stream, that's where she's standing. She's standing there. This person is not there the whole time of the video. This person that got squished should, like, fall at her feet. person's not there. Not only that, that person's not there, but a different person is there wearing purple, a woman wearing purple who does not appear in the squished video. So it's complete garbage, complete garbage. There are two videos shot at completely different times, completely. Yeah. All right, well... What about the people that are mar- marching around with the red crosses made out of tape on them? <laughs> right. I was going to talk about that, too. The medics. Well, first of all, you know, when do you ever use the word medic? Have you ever used that word? Not really, but you if go ahead. Got, if, if you saw a car crash, would you yell out for a medic? No. No. You'd, you'd yell out for a doctor, a nurse, an ambulance. Yeah. Call nine. Call nine one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else, medic. Everybody. You won't hear one person yelling for a nurse or a doctor or an ambulance. They okay. all yell medic, which is garbage. So, so those people with the red tape on them, that you know, they got white t-shirts on with red tape on them, uh-huh. making it look like a red yeah. cross. They're part of the whole plot too. Yes, they're all actors. As a matter of fact, and you then, can see them. Then there's the. You keep going. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They, they don't do much of anything. Actually, you know, focus on one of them in one of the videos and just watch what they do. All they do is, like, walk around, you know, not going anywhere, yelling and screaming, causing chaos, pushing people away from the fake injured so no one can get close, saying, get out of here. They don't actually help anybody. Try and find one video where they're actually helping somebody. Just one. Yeah, I, I did well, try I to take do that, that back. they don't. They don't. They don't. And then I, I noticed there was I also these back. people with green hats. That I, yeah. I didn't notice that the first time around when I watched the video. But the second time, or a few iterations of this, now that you're telling me this, a couple different versions of the video, there's these people yeah. with green hats wandering, wandering around. They look right. like they might but be some sort of... Uh, are they are they some sort of protest or themselves? Or are they in some sort of tour group? Or are they some sort of part of the no, organization? No, they're What is this? Okay. They're directors. But what? one more thing on the medic. There's one oh, yeah, scene right. in a video where a medic is actually helping someone. Supposedly, it's a girl medic with goggles, and she's helping, like, a girl that hurt her leg who's leaning on her shoulder as they walk. Anyway, it's a completely staged scene because, by the way, you never hear anyone scream in pain in any of the videos. Not a rolling around in pain, nothing, except this one scene. Right when this medic is helping this girl limp in, across in front of the camera, she screams on cue. It's so hilariously fake. I'm like, oh, come on. This is the, you know, the one time we see someone screaming in pain and the one time a medic's doing anything. But it's complete. The medics are complete garbage. They're all actors. Um, actually, you know, immediately after the crash, you can see some of them walking away 
down the block from the crash at a high rate of speed. If they're real medics, they would have gone right towards the injured people. They're not doing that. They're participating in like uh, a movie to simulate chaos is what they're doing. And, they, and you know, after people are laying there injured, supposedly, they just walk around, you know, back and forth. They don't do anything. It's just they're there to simulate chaos. Yeah. So the people in the green hats are interesting, too. Now, some people say that it's the lawyer's guild there to give advice to protesters that get in trouble with the law, whatever. You can say that, but the actions of the people in the green hats say something different. Now, you can see them in several videos where they're telling people what to do, giving instructions to people, and they even boss the cops around. So that's not realistic. But the worst part is this, what what I caught on video. You know, follow along for a second. Mm-hmm. There's a video that Ford Fisher was taking, who you know, who's one of the people that did a live stream. Then there's another video where you can see Ford Fisher in it taking his live stream. Okay. Mm-hmm. In both of these videos, I wanted to time them together because I wanted to see if they matched up. There's a woman in a green hat that we just talked about. She grabs, who I assume is her boyfriend, grabs his hand like she's holding his hand and raises it up about two feet. Okay? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, good. That's a great point to time these two videos so I can tell where we're at, so I can compare them, right? So the next thing I did is at this very moment, Ford Fisher had turned his live stream to, to face himself where he's talking into it, and you can see the people behind him. Okay, behind him is a man in like a jean vest, with no, a sleeveless jean vest, and he has his arm around a woman in a white shirt, both Caucasian people. Well, when I compare it to that exact same moment in the other, other video where Ford Fisher appears and where at the moment the woman in the green hat raises her boyfriend's hand, the people in this exact spot are three African-American men, and the white couple are nowhere to be seen. So it really puzzled me for a moment to try and figure this out, how they could be different, because we have the exact timing. I mean, I have this exact moment where she's raising her boyfriend's hand, but the only thing I could come up with, and it took me a while to even figure this out, was that she is a director, the woman with the green hat, and her raising her boyfriend's hand is the cue to cut, and that's where they stopped when they started filming other people were put in that spot for the next scene. Okay. Wow. So if they did this sort of signal stuff already set up, then this obviously has been planned for a while, at least a couple days, you know? Oh, I'm sure it's probably been planned a few months. I would think, I mean, to get all these people hired, get, you know, the scene planned and everything, the logistics, the cars and all of this. Um, yeah, I mean, it was actually done pretty well. You know, if you just look at it on its surface, it really looks like there was an actual crash and people injured, but you really have to dig into it to find the, the Yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't realize it'd be people like you. Listening to you yeah. makes me think of, um, I interviewed another person on this show. His name's Randy Benson, and he did a film called mm-hmm. The Searchers, and it's about the JFK okay. people, that the people that have devoted their lives to 
researching what the heck happened to JFK because they just don't believe the official story. And listening to you mm-hmm. and how you've studied every little aspect of this, how it kind of consumed you for the past few weeks, reminds me of some of the people yeah. in the film. Yeah, it's people. There are certain people that just need to like get the right answer, and you, you're clearly one of those well, people. Well, for me, for me, you know, and you know, I do this with every fake event. Yeah, I know. Whether I come to that conclusion or not, you know, maybe I won't come to that conclusion that's fake, or maybe parts of it are. But for me, I'm still angry at the federal government for involving me in one of these fake events. And I will never forgive the government for doing that. And that's kind of what my motivation is. Yeah. Kind of my motivation to constantly expose them for the corrupt criminals that they are, that they allow these things to continually take place. So that's kind of my motivation. Yeah. And speaking anyway. of that, just speaking of that, I just spoke to another woman, Lynette Zhang, and she was um, she's very involved with uh, gold and silver and monetary stuff. And she told us uh-huh. that perception management is, and it's a real term, perception management is used by the government to help move when this happens a lot with these weird events to keep people like, for instance, during Vietnam, there were the in the race riots and all of them back then, these sort of things were going on. And that's exactly the time that the money changed. They got off the gold standard. They closed the gold window. And right now, the U.S. is going through a money change situation. And she said that all these things that you're talking about with these fake events, this is very typical when money changes. And so it only makes sense that somebody like George Soros or somebody who is one of these, like you said, a new world order type of person or entity or group would be behind funding this type of activity. Right. Money well, what it is, I agree, I agree with that 100%. What it is is they don't want to take the blame. The politicians don't want to take the blame for the money, the value of the dollar collapsing, the economy collapsing, and the bankers don't want to take the blame. They need a scapegoat, and the scapegoat is going to be uh, – they're trying to make it anyway, uh, civil unrest, a race war in the U.S., mm-hmm. or, and or World War III. You know, you see the U.S. threatening nuclear attacks with North Korea, you know, Russia, all these various countries, and it's going to be one or the other. So that's kind of my take on it, but it's basically the same take as what you're talking about, a money-changing yeah. situation yeah. you see these events, right? They don't want to take the blame. And I'm so sorry what happened to you happened to you, Kurt, honest to God. And I give, I give you a lot of credit for standing up and talking like this. There's a lot of people, obviously, we see these events happening. They don't stand up and talk mm-hmm. about it. So I give you a lot of credit mm-hmm. for, for pointing these things out. Um, and that brings me back to the police and this whole thing. They're supposed to, uh-huh. and, you know, you grow up in school and you have these things about officer friendly coming to your classroom, teaching you to like, call out for help when you need help and all this stuff and they'll be there to help you and this is severely disturbing that there's all these police in this video that are not doing anything and and you just pointed out taking orders from people in a green cap and Mm -hmm. why isn't anybody IDing the police in that video I mean, we've got this whole open source thing going on right now online where people can just, like you had the website for the direct match stuff, the, what is it called, the twin? Mm-hmm. The twins are not.net. Tw- yeah, yeah, twins are not. 
why aren't people calling out the police and why aren't charges being brought against them for not doing anything? Of course, people should like be brought said, or charges should be brought against all the people involved. All yeah. Of, all of them. Yeah. Not just the police, the mayor too, the governor. And really what's Trump doing? You know, obviously if Trump's not going to do anything, he's in on it too in sessions too. You know, they don't get a pass either. I mean, if I can figure this out, they can figure it out. So they don't yeah, get a pass what, either. What, what, what's the deal with President Trump? Obviously, everybody's right. so it's so it's so divided right now because of the past election. It's very difficult for people to even get their heads around criticizing or you know, mm-hmm. like giving him props for something good. Um, but what what do you think his point of being is for right now when you look at him well, I, know country, I mean this, is, out this would be an event out of it. yeah this would be an event that you know would also have another purpose of hurting his administration if he gets his administration in the middle of a race war that's gonna it's gonna hurt a lot of uh you know t- it's gonna take a lot of focus of other things he might want to do also, you know, he's been accused of being a racist by different groups, so that would hurt him in the next election, too, I would think, if there's a race war going on. So I don't see how this helps him at all. So why, you know, th- this group would be kind of his arch enemy if we're to believe the Democrat versus Republican thing, the Soros-led Clinton-type group here, which I think is probably involved in pulling this off. He should be calling them out and arresting them. I mean, the evidence is pretty overwhelming if I can make this kind of case outside the country with no resources, right? Right. He's not. So that's, that tells me he's in on it. So he's part of the New World Order group, too. It's the only thing I can take out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the yeah, other thing that's, that's interesting to me is that the New York Times on August 16th, they were talking about this whole event um, in Charlottesville, and they were talk t- telling people to they basically said mourners are asked to wear purple. And during the election, I wrote something, a blog post called um, <laughs> basically how the, the purple revolution, how, you know, every, Hillary Clinton came out, she was wearing purple and how it was going to be a kind of a color revolution. Um, mm-hmm. And I find it interesting that you brought up purple and this article is talking about please wear purple. I, that's yeah. another thing, like next to the Ariana Grande thing. There's like little red flags that I don't know what they mean, but they just keep propping up to me. Ariana Grande, the color purple. Um, and then, of course, the color purple is related to Oprah Winfrey in that movie. She did the color purple. <laughs> we laughed. Uh, right. It was the color right. purple. So um, I, I immediately thought of the Clinton's concession speech where her and right. Joe wore purple. Yeah, and it seemed like they were starting a color revolution, and I I think that's what this is. I think it's the exact same thing, why they're wearing purple. You know, the shirt Marcus Martin wore the next day with Heather Hart's picture and slogan, purple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm getting chills as I'm talking to you. I'm getting chills, little hairs on my arm are standing up, because every Uh time I do a show, I do a show once a week, and every week I feel like, I'm getting a step closer that not that I understand anything, but a step closer to what is actually going on around us, which is, it's kind of scary because it feels as if there is 
a fourth generation war being posed on the American people right now. And people might have heard me talk about this before in this show. You can go to Wikipedia, look it up. It's usually something that the military does far overseas on, you know, very poor countries. We've been fighting them forever. And part of the fourth generation war is that the truth, the, the, the truth line gets kind of moved. You don't know what's real anymore. It's a concerted kind of propaganda thing, but it's more so that the people don't even know what's real. They do all sorts of things mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like the Project Bluebeam stuff and everything else. But I really feel like that's what's happening to us in America right now. And I'm kind of with you where I feel very, I don't know, just really upset that I'm being subjected to this. Now, granted, right. you've already you, right. you've decided you decided. All right, I'm out of here. I can't deal with it. I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm just going to live my life, and I give you two thumbs up for that. Good for you. But for the rest of us that are, you know, we're here. This is our home, and it, it, we're trying to figure out what's going on. I that's just my opinion that this is some sort of fourth generation warfare tactic that's being on us. But um, for anyhow. sure, it's a it's a mass brainwashing that's going on. Mass brainwashing. And you're, you're right. It's hard to even figure out what's real anymore. I mean, you have to, like me in this event, it took me, God, hours and hours and hours. I probably put a hundred hours into looking into this where I can finally say I have a, a pretty definite idea what happened. Now, do most people have that kind of time? No. So they're not going to really know what happened, you know, or they'll, they'll listen to me telling them what happened, but, you know, they can always question whether I'm telling them the truth or I'm some kind of plan or something, too, you know? Yeah, you don't really know you, unless you, you look at it yourself. Person. Right, are you or just, just a crazy, crazy or whatever. Right. right. They can always have those doubts and not really, still not really know. So, yeah, it's a, ma- it's a mass propaganda campaign, and that was one of the things I was really frustrated with when I lived in the U.S., too, is that you can't talk to people about these events, most people. They just completely shut shut it out. They can't even they can't even comprehend what you're saying. They they're so brainwashed they can't put two and two together to figure out what's going on and they just have to block it out. Yeah. But the, I give a lot of people mm-hmm. credit too because I'm seeing more and more people at least want at least dip their toe to listen to somebody like you. That's why I did this show, Shadow Citizen, because nobody wants to come out and just be waving around the crazy flag, but you do know something's yeah. going on. You know, you, you there's something going on, and it, yeah. people want to talk about They at least want to hear it, like maybe in their, you know, in the the, the luxury of their own home. But when you go to <laughs> right. work, you know, but, you know, you know, when you go to work, you're not going to be screaming about it, but you're curious. And that's why I did this yeah. show. And it wasn't that I wanted to incite people to, to you know, do anything like overthrow the government or anything like that. It's just I wanted to know the answers. So that's why I do this show. And that's why I'm so happy you're with us because I'm really, really proud of you for speaking out like this. And I'm really upset that no, more people haven't been um, outing those police in that video. There, there should I, be you know, I'm at even... this point. I'm even more upset for the people that participate in these events for money. Yeah. Those paid yeah, actors. How, 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 yeah, how do they live with themselves? And, and camera how? people. 
Right. I'm really upset with those people. Really upset that they sell out their country, you know, for a buck. And that's what they're doing. You know, and I'm sure a lot of them believe in the cause. They're probably told it's to help take Trump down or destroy his presidency or whatever. But that's no excuse. No excuse at all for what they're doing. Lying to a whole country of people. And the media, they know, too. Yeah. They know it's fake. They still promote it as a real event. By the way, then, there's, there's one more part yeah. of it I wanted to talk about, too. Oh, yeah. Before. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. There, um, there's a woman in a green shirt that, if you watch the crash videos, you can see her flying over the Camry and, and landing on the roof of it, and then she slides on the windshield. Anyway. It's important to talk about her because the media kept trying to portray her as Heather Heyer and she flew over the car and broke her neck and this kind of thing. I actually had people coming on my Facebook page trying to tell me this. So I knew there were probably government trolls that were promoting this garbage. But if you look, uh, I never believe that her getting hit by this car could cause the flip that we see on the video. It just didn't look realistic. I thought if her legs got hit by the car, she would have gotten squished between the Challenger and the Camry. She came from behind the Camry somewhere. And I kept looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. And I read an article from a forensic crime scene investigator, and the article said what I had been thinking all along, that what we see in the video is not possible and that this woman in the green shirt was most likely on top of the Camry already before the crash happened. Now, they don't go any further in that article about dissecting why she's on the camera. But anyway, I kept looking at it, slowing the videos down, and eventually I saw uh, two stunt wires hooked to her legs as she's upside down on the back of the camera. Now, in one video, she's seen, like, completely straight up and down, upside down on the camera with her legs straight. And that didn't look realistic to me either. I'm like, if you got just got hit, your you know your body would be jumbled, your legs would be jumbled probably. And she's straight up and down, and you can see two stunt wires hooked to her body in one video that I slowed down and, and took a screenshot of. You can also see a gray, um, some sort of harness item hooked to her left calf. And I suspect that would have been hooked to the cable, too, to help her flip, you know, pulling her up on a wire by her calf. And then she lands on the Toyota Camry, which, not coincidentally, did not have a hard top. It had a padded top, which I'm sure was probably removed and had a lot of extra padding put in for her to land there. She lands completely on, on the, the Camry top, slides onto the windshield, there's a picture of her laying on the windshield, and in that picture you can see one of the stunt cables lying across the roof of the Camry, if you look close. Also, you can see what looks to be a little extra padding around her waist area, and she's wearing a kind of a strange backpack. So I suspect maybe something in, or maybe the backpack itself, and something along her waist where we see this bulge, Admittedly, she's fat, you know, maybe it could just be fat, but there's some sort of harness there, I think, to hook to the cables. And I think they specifically picked this overweight woman so they could hide this harness in her clothes, I think would be more visible on 
someone skinny, and I think that's why they picked uh, pick this woman. And then the media tries to say this was Heather Heyer, but you, when you see her, okay, she lands on the roof, slides on the windshield. She's immediately taken off, placed on the ground, and then people immediately come with this huge sign that says, like, stop white supremacy or something like that. It's like 20 feet long, the sign. And they stand there, and they wrap the sign around her so no one can see in. And I think that's when they remove, like, the harness. But uh, people still got pictures of her where they show her not really injured. Um, and interestingly, the, w- the windshield did not crash when she slid on it. And there's four drops of blood that you can see on the windshield in one picture. But in another video the windshield wipers are going in and there's no blood and the blood's not smeared by the windshield wipers. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You can see that there are two different videos because, you know, the windshield wipers are going in one and the other one, there's still blood spots. So anyway, that was, that was, uh, you know, another person that was heavily involved in this to, to do one of the stunts, um, that most people probably didn't catch. But to me, it was very suspicious right away. Just how, the flip took place and the fact that the flip took place at all in this low speed crash, which is what it was. So, all right, so anyway, basically, I wanted to hit, I wanted to hit that before. Yeah, that's a good one too. We're so done. basically if, if she yeah. was on some sort of cables, where would those be uh-huh. hanging from, from a roof of a building? Oh, oh, no, one of the wires that crossed above the road. Uh-huh. And then wow. two cables came, two cables came down from that wire that connected to, or harness, at least two cables. <laughs> Here's the other thing that kills me about these videos. I saw a Muslim woman in full, like, she was wearing all black in full, I don't know, looked like some sort of, almost a burqa. She's running around, uh-huh. and then a, bri- a priest came out. And yeah, was- there's actually two. Yeah, oh, what ahead. the heck's that all about? There, and... It's only in one video, one video out of about 10 that I watched. There's a black, a black man wearing all black, uh, all black, like a, a robe you would see in church, right? Like a robe of a priest or something. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one, a white guy wearing all, a robe that's all white. And they're just walking around the crash scene, like in the middle of the road. Every, the police are telling other people to get out of the road, but these two just walk freely in the middle of the road. And they're only in one video. I mean, where are they in the other videos? Right. But they're the Muslim there. woman is like, seems like she's screaming at people to stay away from somebody that the medics with the red tape are supposedly working on. Oh, I haven't seen that one. But the, oh, God. you know what I yeah, think happened he's... was that it, this was a, a rehearsal video and someone just said, this is a little too over the top, unbelievable. You know, we're going to cut these people out of the real event. And they didn't yeah. appear in the real event videos. Yeah, and they're they're only in one rehearsal video. Yeah, so I think that's what happened there. Yeah, that was just weird. I was like, where's the, where do these people come from? Okay, right, it is weird because they're not in anything else. And what I mean, what's their purpose there? Whatever, they don't have a purpose. Yeah, there was also a clown, <laughs> like some sort of rainbow-haired clown, running around too at one point, uh-huh. just Quite to add to the chaos yeah. and the carnival. Right, to make you look at them and not look at the ordinary-looking people that are out of place, you know, as you compare them in each video. Yeah. Wow. I watched one so, video with um, with a medic 
I, w- I just wanted to watch one medic and one person in particular that had a camera. I just wanted to focus on these two. Uh, within three minutes' time, they had walked by each other four times, back and forth. They were just walking back and forth constantly. Neither of them doing anything. Kept passing each other. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so this is kind of like Operation Chaos that we just saw. It's just it's a cha- it's, it's a chaos like- movie. If you look at you know I had I have a friend that works in Hollywood in the movie industry and he just wrote me out of the blue. I hadn't even talked to him or contacted him about Charlottesville at all. And he said, Kurt, I just watched this one video. It was, uh, I think it's five minutes and 48 seconds long. This video, he sent it to me. He's like, this is complete acting, the whole thing. He said, this is uh, what we call B-roll in Hollywood. It's a chaos scene for a movie. And then he's like, look at the camera. The cameraman never stops and pauses this whole five minutes and 48 seconds. He never focuses on one injured person. He does focus on one thing, but all it is is a, it's some sort of Black Lives Matter sign laying on the ground for a few seconds. That's the only thing he focuses on the whole video. He's like, this is shot for a, a chaos scene in a movie. And then look at the bad acting. And he points out a guy that, it was funny, I had just watched this guy. And I played it like five times, and all five times I laughed. And Lori was like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, i got to show you this guy. He's such a bad actor, right? I have to show you this scene. And, you know, anyone that looked on my Facebook page knows the guy I'm talking about. But what he says is, he says it real forcefully like this. Somebody just drove a effing car into the line. Then he stops for a couple seconds, taps the guy on the shoulder. That's what happened. <laughs> it's funny. It's so funny. But yeah. he, he said, my friend from Hollywood said, this is this guy is the absolute worst actor. He's horrible. So, oh And I had God. just watched that five times in a row laughing at it. We were talking about the same thing, so it's pretty funny. Yeah, so he picked up on it, too. Oh, man. Uh-huh. So the, yeah. the other thing that gets me about this whole thing is that, at least in Boston, 45,000 people were moved to March because uh-huh. of the event in Charlottesville. Yeah, in my mind, and all from one side. Because the, the media had side. hyped it up to such an extent that people thought that this little free speech rally in Boston was going to have neo-Nazis and KKK, and it was going to be another redo uh-huh. of this Charlottesville thing. And they showed up in mass to protest it. And that's where the media kind of plays into it. Mm-hmm. So, right. But so this event that, had that effect on that many cut. people. Yeah, we have to cut it off here. Our time is done this week. Next week, we'll be with you again. Thank you, Kurt Haskell, and thank you, everybody, for being with us tonight. Thank you. See you next week.